Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, this is Levi R., and I want to do a little bit of a discussion and a little bit of a uh, busting of conventional wisdom on the concept of paid parental leave and, and mandatory parental leave uh, from your job. Uh, so this is a, a very popular policy proposition, I think, for uh, a lot of people. They want uh, the government to ensure not only that people are provided adequate leave time whenever they have a child, but also that they will not lose their job. So they, they get to hold their job and they get to be gone from their job for you know six months, nine months, or, or potentially even longer in some cases. And in the U.S., you know, this is not uh, not a not a policy that's in place. Some businesses may do this, but there's not a mandate for them uh, to provide this kind of thing. But in Europe and in Canada, there are provisions for these uh, rather, you know, quote unquote, long term absences from work that will hold your job, uh, and it's legally mandated. And I think this is a case of someone saying, well, you know, this, this sounds like a good policy, so why don't we do it? Um, and I, I think there's, there's sort of a, uh, a whole set of circumstances that, um, those people may not, that even, even if you're someone, uh, I would say on the left who really likes, uh, a lot of this kind of logic, I think there are things about it that, um, you may not like. And certainly, you know, someone who is more concerned about the family itself and the continued existence of families and stuff like that, we may not like this from the get-go, um, but there, I think there, again, there are a whole set of reasons why this is just a bad idea. Um, so the conventional wisdom is that, well, you know, we got to have, uh, we, we, we have working parents and we want to incentivize them to, you know, have children and stuff like that, or at least we don't want obstacles in the way. If they decide to have a child, you know, it's, it depends on, you know, the, the language you get from the left is, is very individualistic. Well, if they decide to have a child, um, and, but you, you might even get some people on the right who are more, uh, who, who like pronatalist type policies might actually <clears throat> advocate this sort of thing. I think their, their, their intentions are well-placed and all that. Um, but, the problem is that the, the, the underlying issue is that you have two working parents. That's the underlying problem. And I know um, Tucker Carlson talks a lot about this, and I know in his new book, um, A Ship of Fools, he talks about this. And what's interesting, and, and he's pointed out several times, is that you know Elizabeth Warren back in the day wrote a book called The Two-Income Trap about this very issue. Now, her solution wasn't the correct one. But she certainly understood at the time, the book is written by her and her daughter, um, she certainly understood at the time that there were serious problems with the fact that parents, both parents have to work. And it creates all kinds of negative consequences for the family. And her book does a decent job of, you know, sort of documenting all of these uh, types of things that kind of go wrong for kids. And I'll put links to both of those books uh, in the show notes for today. So I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, 15 years ago or so, uh, even the left recognized that, you know, there were problems with these two, two income families. And the fact that, you know, as, as Elizabeth Warren's title says, you know, it's a trap. It's the fact that, you know, people had to 
people felt as if they had to both work and they both had to kind of relinquish the care of their children either to you know daycares or to uh, the school system and it just causes all kinds of problems uh, you know it, it's more costly for the parents to monitor uh, the school systems the, you know, the child care is very expensive if they want to avoid the problems in uh, especially large city uh, public schools private school is expensive and and normally in in places where the schools are the worst, the public schools are the worst, the, the private school options are even more expensive. So I want to cover two problems with the idea of using paid parental leave, um, mandated paid parental leave, to solve the, you know, the, the problem of either, on the one hand, uh, sort of not allowing you know, people to have the wherewithal to care for young children when uh, after they're born, or as a sort of pro-natalist kind of thing. So I think that the number one problem is, uh, you know, just straight out of economic theory, uh, we have this idea of a Jevons paradox. And so the Jevons paradox says that if you make something cheaper, if you make something more efficient, then it becomes a cheaper input. So um, we see this a lot in like conservation efforts with water. If you make... Um, if you make this, uh, you know, water, water system more efficient, then that means it becomes a cheaper input, and so you use more of it, right? So the whole idea of making it more efficient was so that you could use less of it, but you end up using more because you've made it less expensive. And I think there's something kind of going on here with this mandated paid parental leave, and what it does is it makes it, it makes the job, it makes a two-income family sound like a better deal because it's like oh well I'm not I don't have to deal with this problem of well if we have kids you know I won't have to um, you know give up my job I won't have to interrupt my work life um, just to have a child and I think this just gets things completely backwards um, you know it there's the, the the perspective should not be oh well it's it's a good thing. A child doesn't get in the way of me working I mean this is a complete backwards perspective the child is what's important. The job is just there to provide for the child. Um, and that's not, not just there for that. Work is obviously a good thing. Um, but in terms of, you know, the, the, the wages and, and, and all of that, the actual, you know, compensation for the wage or, or for the work is, is for the provision of the family. Um, and so obviously, you know, you could just say, well, you know, we live in a society and then, you know, people aren't focused on having families. Okay, sure. But are there policies, are there pronatalist policies that are act, that would not cause labor market issues? So, you know, this, this paid parental leave reduces, uh, you know, the, the, the discomfort people feel with having children and working at the same time. I say, well, I can at least be home for, you know, several months to a year or something like that to take care of the child and then I can go back to work. Well, you know, the next thing is, Obviously, you know, the kid doesn't just need their parents for a short period of time like that. Like, yeah, of course, it's very, very important, especially for the mother, to be around over that time span. And you know, we kind of have this thing now where, well, now if we, if we give the father, you know, mandatory paid parental leave, then, you know, the mother can take the time first, and then the father can take the time. Um, but we're still uh, at an age where the kid is probably going to have to go to an expensive daycare or to you know, a pre, pre-K program, uh, you know, we have those down as low as age three, uh, which is just ridiculous to me. But, 
that you know you're going to send your kid to school at age three. Uh, you know, let him be a kid. What happens here is that so then the workforce is then increased, right? So we we shift the supply curve of labor to the right, and that pushes wages down. It puts more people in the labor labor force, and it pushes wages down. Well, then you're trapped, right? The title of Elizabeth Warren's book, then you're trapped because now wages are low enough that you have to have both parents working. So really this mandatory paid parental leave thing just feeds into the current problem we have. It doesn't solve it. You put a, you're putting a bandaid over a bullet wound. The problem is we need to take people out of the labor force. We need to have parents say, look, it's going to be okay for one of us to not work and to raise the, the children. And of course you may have preferences about which parent that is, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that today. I'm an economist, so I'm, I'm not going to deal with that issue. But one of the parents should be at home with the children, especially at a young age. And I, I would argue totally. I mean, we, we, have, we have very poor parent-child socialization. Um, you know, everybody's worried about peer socialization, but I, I just don't think that that's nearly as much of an issue. Um, so, again, this incentivizes... Ignoring these parental duties, it incentivizes uh, a system where we have two parents in the workforce that drives wages down and it just traps the next generation into the same problem. And so you're never going to solve the problem with paid parental leave. It's just not going to fix the problem. It's not going to end the two income trap. The second problem, and, and this one I think will really bother, I think, the lefties, um, maybe that first one won't. Maybe not, but this one definitely will. And I know folks on the right, that's, this will bother you too, but um, just as an anecdote, and then I'll try to give the, the logic for it. Um, I had a friend who lived in Canada for a while and she, uh, you know, she was, she campaigned for Hillary Clinton um, back in the day. And so she, in theory, you know, would be kind of a fan of all of this sort of, you know, women's empowerment, women in the workforce, in all of this and and of course paid parental leave as a mandatory type of thing she might like that as well but it was interesting what she saw in Canada where they do have this policy already and she said it was weird because there was this class of women this whole group of women who would take jobs that other women left for that you know six nine you know 12 month period of time and fill in for them, and then they would have to leave at the end of that time period because the mother, you know, the woman who just had a child, would come back to her job. Because, again, the, 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 the policy mandated that she could come back to her job. She wouldn't have to give it up. And so it was interesting to see that there was this whole, you know, I guess I could call it an underclass, right, an underclass of, you know, temp workers uh, that – we're trying to fill these different types of jobs just for that short period of time. And obviously this flies in the face of the whole concept of, um, you know, workers rights and this type of thing. You know, we, we want people to have stability from their occupation, not, you know, this sort of gig thing where they're constantly having to float around to different things. Now starting a business is completely different a uh, completely different story, you know, if people, um, you know, invest and have the wherewithal to, to, you know, 
get investment together and, 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 and start a business. You know, that's not a gig thing, but this whole idea of, well, we're just going to create this underclass of temp workers to facilitate um, these other people's, uh, you know, um, two-income life. I mean, how are you ever supposed to get out of that? If you're already, uh, if, you're, if you're in this temp worker thing, you're going to struggle to get out of it because there's just simply not going to be slots open because whenever someone has a baby, they're not going to leave their job, right? And so you, you just create this underclass. And, and again, this could be solved by simply, re, you know, en masse reducing the number of people in the workforce. Now, of course, is that going to happen? I don't know. I mean, that's maybe unrealistic. But the point is, you don't solve the problem by incentivizing an even worse outcome. You don't solve the problem of people not being able to take care of their children by creating an entire underclass who can't even get their foot on the bottom rung of the ladder. So this, I think, makes sense that that this would be the case, right? So you've got an employer and they're saying, okay, well... I am mandated to hold your job for you when you go on maternity leave, but I have to have someone here to do the work. And so because of that, they're going to they're going to try to minimize their cost of doing that, right? They're going to go to uh, uh, these these temp agencies are going to proliferate. You're going to have a proliferation of companies that are going to try to fill these gaps um, kind of as a middleman for the market. So they're going to find all these women who are um, willing to do these temp jobs. You know, maybe they're in um, uh, really, you know, tight financial circumstances or something like that. And they're going to take these temp jobs and this temp agency is going to fill the gap there for those employers. And of course, the employer is probably not going to like that as a, as a, you know, a first best solution. Right. I mean, we see that, um, you know, more often than not here in the U.S., when women, uh, you know, when they decide to have children, they just kind of leave their job for a while, uh, for, for years, potentially. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've worked in a place and, you know, there was a younger woman who got married and had kids and, uh, you know, she was, you know, she was definitely going to come back, but then, uh, she didn't. And, uh, you know, the, it does not allow these temp workers, uh, this same luxury, right? So this luxury that's afforded to, uh, you know, probably people that are doing fairly well financially, at least compared to the temp workers, um, they're just having to kind of float around on all these different jobs. And so I think it's, it's, it's an interesting um, case we have here where people are simply saying, let's just mandate paid parental leave. Let's mandate that the job gets uh, held for you when you leave the job, when you leave the job. And um, this is going to be a this is going to be a pro family policy. This is going to be uh, you know this is going to be a pro natalist um, potentially if you're if you're in that camp. And I just don't see it. it. It yeah it it might it might sound like that for ten seconds, but then if you think about the next step, okay, well you're just going to have more and more two income families, and you're just going to create this underclass of people who cannot get a stable job because all the jobs are held. 
you know, this, the single people, the single women and, um, who, who are struggling financially to get by need these stable jobs. The, the, the folks that are married, the men and women that are married, you know, the other spouse can handle, you know, should be able to provide for the entire family. We shouldn't have a case where we have to have two incomes for every family. And so this is not the solution. Now, okay, well, so you say, okay, it's great. You can criticize, you know, someone else's solution. So what's your solution? What are you going to do to deal with this two-income trap? And I think the bottom line is that that the problem is just um, – it's going to take a long-term solution. And that doesn't sound good because the, this pay parental leave sounds like a short-term solution. But I, I, think, I think the issue is that just because you have some kind of short-term, you know, so-called solution that doesn't actually fix the problem, like I'm, like I'm saying, it doesn't actually fix the problem. Well, if you keep putting the short-term solution in place that doesn't actually fix the problem, then you've precluded the use of an actual long-term solution. The long-term problems that pay parental leave creates make it impossible for an, a genuine long-term solution to come about. There's simply no way for people's attitudes to change about working if you put a policy in place that 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 lowers the cost of working for them that gets rid of this objection that they might otherwise have to say well maybe i should stay out of the labor force and just raise the family Mandatory paid parental leave gives them an excuse to not think that way. And so it, it makes it impossible for a long-term solution to, to come about. That long-term solution could come in the form of um, just an explicit payment to families for having children. You know, if, if the issue is financial um, difficulties as a result of having children, well, just provide a payment for having children. I mean, you can easily make the case that the state has uh, a legitimate interest in uh, a growing population. The standard, uh, standard macroeconomic uh, growth models show that increasing the population increases growth per capita. So even if you're going to just boil it down to nothing but economic growth, and I wouldn't, but I, I think there's inherent value to um, you know, larger families. But even if you're just going to boil it down to something financial, well, having a growing population is going to give you more growth per capita. So that's not an objection. There is no, I mean, I don't think there's a legitimate objection to saying that the state does not have an interest in larger families. Even if it's something as simple as a financial interest, there's still an interest for the state in a growing family. And so redistribution on that basis makes sense to me. So that's one way to get to a longer-term solution, just explicitly financially support larger families instead of doing it in this roundabout way through the job market. That doesn't make any sense. 
you're just creating problems that are not going to be solved in the long run. So I think what, what is the solution as far as, you know, what, what should we be arguing for? Well, I think we should be looking to countries that have successful pro-natalist policies, and we should be uh, advocating for those here in the U.S. or wherever you are, in Canada, in Europe. You should be advocating for a reduction in the paid parental leave programs or the elimination of them. And you should be advocating for pro, explicit pronatalist redistribution. That is the way for the government to support families. It is not through some kind of labor market intermediary. So with that, I thank you for listening, and I, I appreciate our, uh, our, our donors, and I appreciate um, you know, everybody kind of joining us <laughs> uh, as we go here. And, and again, we're going to have an announcement coming up pretty soon. Um, so please stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads Podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.